So a couple of yeah. my good friends, that's what they do. They, they're in the horse space and they don't lie. And so if mm. you come in anxious wow. and scared, the horse will react exactly how you are. Mir- it mirrors so, your, it mirrors, mirrors your energy. Yeah. And so mirroring is phenomenal. And so if you have PTSD, it trains you to have to process your emotions. Otherwise you're yeah. going to end up in a situation you don't want to be in. And so mm. it creates this calming effect. And then when you see the response from the horse, it's phenomenal. Right. And so, yeah, animals are magical. The cat cafe was a phenomenal project and, and just like very rewarding all around. There was obviously a lot of struggle, but cool project. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, founders. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, we are back again. We are here every week, Brandon. We are so consistent. We are so consistent, Bob. Look at us. Look at us. We're actually (laughs) professional in some regards. Um. Yeah, we uh, we we're, we're really efficient. You know, we we yeah. um, we definitely keep these episodes fresh. We you know we we kind of work ahead. A um, couple weeks, uh, I'm going to be heading to um, Brian Kurtz's mastermind. Um, unfortunately, Brandon, you can't join this time, but um, not allowed. It's no, no, you're allowed. You're actually going to highly miss, but. Uh, you know, connection is so important. Um, and our, our guest is, he calls himself a super connector and, uh, yeah. he's got a really, really great philosophy and you're going to be excited to hear from Devin Sizemore today. But, you know, one of the things, Brandon, that you and I have prioritized in our careers is connections. Um, yes. and sometimes we have to sacrifice to make sure those connections happen, whether it's time, money, um, you know, it's, you know, even, even in the middle of a busy month saying, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to fly out to Connecticut and spend three days. Uh, it, it's probably the highest leverage three days of, of, of April for, for yeah. me. Um, because I think connections are the lifeblood uh, of, of a business. Mm-hmm. I, I, you and I are, we're just relationship people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're not, we're not really suited to be that sit behind a desk and, uh, run, run, a run sales funnels and optimize sales funnels in the dark. It's just, it's just not who we are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the way we've built the, the way I built my, my first business and the way we built feed stories has been connections. Yeah, um, exactly. High trust, you know, high trust. Uh, being in rooms where we give and serve, um, we we join groups, not with the intent of farming of her business. Uh, I I, I want to be clear, like we get all our business from these groups, mm-hmm. but our posture going in is very much a level of what are we going to go there to give and what are we going to go, who are we going to serve? Mm-hmm. Um, we, you and I, we're very different people but we absolutely are aligned in a lot of things. And one of the things you and I absolutely value is relationships and we it's, it's serve first. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, 
it's kind of how we got together. And I, I just think it's really critical. So, you know, this, this meeting, which I'm looking forward to going to is going to be about, I, I want to go connect with people and I want to go serve there. I want to go mm -hmm. contribute. And, and we, we, we did this, gosh, was it in the fall? Mm -hmm. I want to say it was in the fall and we picked up one of our we actually re-engaged a client that I had from 12 years ago. Yeah. But it's one of one, been one of our most valuable clients in the last couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, making that commitment to go serve and be a connector um, and without the intention of trying to farm that room. Um, I, I think, Brandon, the way it happened was you stood up and talked about video and storytelling and it it moved this person to basically cajole Brian to change yeah. the seating at dinner so that she was sitting next to you <laughs> at dinner. Right. Yeah. Is that how, yeah. is that how it happened? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, and I just kind of pitched it, you know, I think I was one old fashioned down. So I was a little more talkative, Oh, but it was chatty. really, yeah, I know it's always, that always greases the skids. Right. And, and, but no, we had a, a phenomenal conversation. Um, and the conversation was about retention and how to mm. use video for retention. And we just talked about kind of what we're talking about here is um, our, our client had a, a wonderful um, community of financial experts. And, um, you know, my impression of financial experts were, you know, they're wearing short sleeve shirts all the time, polyester, and they're stacked over spreadsheets and numbers and, 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 and not that interesting. Well, then I got to go and, and film them one day and interview them for her retention uh, strategy. And what I found was the most interesting, colorful group of people who are also brilliant financial strategists and stocks and crypto and all the things, but absolutely delightful people to, to, mm. to know uh, on a personal level. And we captured all that. We used all that footage to help retention in, in their business, in their publishing business. So um, yeah, it was just a, and it, it was a fluke. But not a fluke, right? There's no no, fluke. not a fluke. Not we we um, we set an intention to go there. Uh, we made a commitment and a sacrifice to go there, and uh, it it definitely was 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 worth it. Um, it's why we continue to be part of groups. It's not the only group we belong to, uh, but it's just something we prioritize. And I, I think our guest really exemplifies that. It's got some really great stories. Is a really cool entrepreneur. Um, including stories about poop and cats, yes, um, which yes. will be very interesting. But uh, you know, his philosophy on what drives a business and and connections versus referrals is is really spot on. I don't think I've heard anyone articulate it so so beautifully. So uh, really excited to introduce uh, Devin Sizemore to all of you founders out there. Enjoy this interview. So excited today. Um, I want to thank are. I want to thank Brandon Allen for being uh, a really good kind of group member and colleague. Uh, Brandon introduces Devin, I think probably is it over a month ago now, maybe two months ago? Yeah, recent, but but yeah, I think about a month. So the reason we're talking is Devin, I, I guess one of the best way to describe you is your connector. Would, would that be a would that be a fair term to describe you? That's it. My LinkedIn says super connector and all of my titles have connector in it somewhere. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we, we're going to judge you. We'll see if you're a super connector. You may be a connector, Devin, but you know, <laughs> we got to have standards here on the show. You know, I'm, 
it, it's like that joke, right? When your spouse is mad, you put the the blanket over and you say you're super mad now. Like, it's fine. I'll declare myself as a super connector. Oh my god, I bet that goes over. That goes over really well. Good marriage strategy. Well, no, 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 I don't recommend that. Don't. Take oh, my no. <laughs> well, good. Well, I was really excited uh, to have you on the show. We're gonna we're gonna be on uh, Devin's show as well, so we're we're doing a little swap here. But um, love to hear what's uh, what's going on with you right now, Devin. What are you excited about? It could be a business thing, it could be a personal thing. Uh, what's got you jazzed right now? Yeah, it's such a fun question, man. I, I would say clarity right? So clarity in all the directions is, is my biggest excitement right now. Um, you know, we, the business is awesome uh, and growing two groups there, which is super fun and highly rewarding. Um, and then on the personal side, yeah, we've got some big, big goals being hit this year. And so that feels good as well. So yeah, just, just positive and excited all across the board. Cool. Well, we'll definitely dig into those groups a little bit. Um, I think Brandon's mostly excited right now. Like I got two big interests. Poop yeah. So and I, cats I and cat cafe. Poop and cats. So yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like <laughs> Brandon's just itching to ask the question. So I'm just gonna let him dive right in. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So we love that we love the story of the journey of entrepreneurship. And we all got our stories as kids. And so I was loving your story, Devin. Tell me about this story of uh, creating a business around picking up poop so you could buy toys as a child. Tell me about that. Yeah, so, so it's entrepreneurship, I, baby. Nothing's changed, by the entrepreneur. way. Yeah, I mean, it's true. That's what, like, we're I adults. Think. That's why we're doing. I'm picking up poop in some way. Well, maybe not directly, but so I can buy some toys, right? It's true. It's just a bigger version. But no, it's it's fun, man. Like people always ask, like, you know, when, when did your entrepreneurial journey start? And that's where I have that moment of like, yeah, you know what? I do have stories like this. So as a kid, I would go pick up the dog poop, right? And the little bucket and dog poop picker upper. And I would go to the neighbor's houses and they paid me five bucks. And what happened is like, I would do that a lot and a lot and a lot. And this is like elementary school, right? Like, So I mean, like young. And so like, I was already in that mindset of like, I could go out, perform a service, get paid. But then it became like, well, I was hanging out with friends and like, they'd be playing and they'd be like, well, well, what are you doing? Well, I want to go pick up dog poop from the neighbor's house. They pay me five bucks. And my neighbor would be like, or my friend would be like, okay, like, well, I'll come. <laughs> and so <laughs> I would have them go. And then I would just keep a dollar and I would pay my friend some of it. And all of a sudden it became entrepreneurship, right? Right. Tom Sawyer. Yeah. The Tom and Sawyer. And so story. it goes the yeah. same way with tutoring. If I look at high school, I had, I did tutoring. I'm, you know, charged between 20 and $40 an hour to tutor. And I realized I was really good at getting inbound leads. And so I would put all of these kids in a room and I would bring in my smartest friends and I'd be like, Hey, I'll pay you guys, you know, $15 an hour or whatever it is to tutor these people. And so I just started brokering tutoring. And then I would just keep the 10 bucks and sit at home and do my own homework. Right. And so it's always that idea of like, how can I solve someone's problem while providing value and revenue to someone else and keep a piece of the pie, but still have everybody win. And mm -hmm. at the core that's business. Right. Mm -hmm. You literally created school after school. That, <laughs> yeah. <that was> it. <laughs> yeah. Like you let you like mimic the classroom, but somehow they like they paid you for it. It's almost kind of ridiculous. It is pretty ridiculous. And there's a lot of weird <laughs> stories like that. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Like what uh what kind of toys were you buying? Like, was it like did you save up for the bike? Did what are we talking? 
everything, man. I was a big like Hot Wheel car or Lincoln Logs, which was funny. I just bought some. I love Lincoln Logs. For my daughter, because I was like, I want her to play with these. So he's like, what's this, dad? What is this thing? Yeah. Where's the the button? Where do I swipe on these Lincoln Logs? Right, exactly. Where's the batteries go? Yeah. Yeah. Love Lincoln Logs growing up. So you also, you like, you, you took pictures at sporting events. Like yeah, so that's it, another great example of entrepreneurship, right? I had a camera and uh, in high school, uh, a couple of my friends were really like rock star athletes and they'd be like, Hey, will you come to the game and get some highlight clips for me? Take some photos so I can use them for my college applications or recruiting. Yeah. And so I'd end up going to the game. And what happened is other people were like, well, wait a second. Like I want photos too. And the school photographer is only taking photos of like the star moment or whatever it is. And so what happened is I would go to the parents and be like, Hey, back then they all went on a CD. Right. And so I would take all the photos and I say, every photo I take of your kid playing, whether it's high school, college, pop Warner, I'll put on a CD. I'll give to you. You can have all the digital versions and I'll just charge X dollars per game. And then every parent in the game would be like, well, I'm in, like, I want all the digital photos. And so I would go shoot these games and I would have like five, six, seven parents paying me. And so I would just shoot all of their kids in the different plays, sort all the photos, burn them to CDs, give them to the parents. And now instead of getting paid by one, I would get paid, you know, 50, a hundred bucks per parent per game. And all of a sudden you're making five, six, $700 a game. And so I'm on the sideline of a sporting event, which is fun because I like being around sports. And now I've created this monetized moment and the parents are getting huge value because not they're not paying that same 50 or hundred bucks for one print, which is what a lot of these photographers were charging. I didn't care. Like, here's all the digitals. I made $600 an hour. Like I'm good. Brandon, you, need, you need to go hang on to some high schools. I know, right? Make, make some extra money. I know. Get my camera out. Who's that some... creepy guy taking pictures of all yeah, the weird basketball games? Didn't ask him. Creepy <laughs> dude on the sidelines. It reminds me of that scene in Napoleon Dynamite, Uncle Rico, where you know he was living his. He was still upset over the fact that you know he he didn't go to like states or didn't go pro or something as a football player, and he's out in the middle of the field with this video camera making his own reel, right? You know? Making his own highlight reel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coach yeah. only yeah. would have put me in. We would have won. We would have won coach. We would have won. <laughs> God. So, so it was interesting, Devin, I would have never pegged you as an engineer. Like you just, you don't seem to have that engineer vibe, Pocket but yeah, that's, that's what you went to school for. At least started that way. Right. Thick glasses. Don't have. Yeah. That. So no, I did. I declared, I was really good at math. I declared as a dual engineering major. Uh, and then I did an internship uh, which I highly recommend if you're thinking about a career path, right? Do an internship. I did the internship. And after the internship, I went, there's no way in hell, this is what I want to do for a living. And so I redeclared to journalism, uh, which was a really fun conversation with your parents to go from one of the highest paying industries. That's like almost guaranteed a job to one of the lowest paying industries where nobody likes you. And right. So, <laughs> and so I, I switched and went to school for journalism and English and got my two degrees. Uh, the skills I learned actually have been super invaluable, but it was definitely a, an interesting moment in choosing what aligns best with you as a person. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you, you've seemed to have at least, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but you seem to have this ability to kind of read a situation. I mean, it, it fits for journalism. Like 
you like kind of read the room and like, oh, I, I know how to leverage this like opportunity. Um, I mean, journalists kind of have that ability to like find the story in the story. You just figure you weren't writing a story. You were figuring out how to monetize it. So you do have some of those qualities of a journalist, I think. Yeah. And I'm innately curious. Right. And I think yeah. that, that's where I love hiring journalism majors because they're usually very curious. They work really well on deadlines. They're great writers and communicators. And it's awesome. Like it's an awesome skill set that's applicable everywhere because all of those things make you a great team member, a great leader. Um, and so it's, it's, it aligned, like it just fit my personality. I did work for the high school newspaper and ran it. Um, and so I like enjoyed that process already and being able to be at the events and be on the sidelines and be involved in everything. And then, yeah, shine light on the people who need light shined, right? Like the, the cool stories, the awesome inventions, the whatever. And then you get to ask all the questions that usually you don't get to ask. And what's fun in business, that's what we do, right? As we're building relationships, we ask all those questions. And so it's super fun to apply, you know, all those things as, as a, a student into the business world. Mm. Love that. Yeah, I like that a lot. What is a cat cafe? <laughs> All I envision is like a work, from what I tell them, it sounded like it was a workspace, but do you get to bring cats? Is there cats there? <laughs> yeah, is- no, it's a, it's a great question. And it's a, it's a really fun part of the story. And it, it shows there's a lot of good takeaways there. So core, what is a cat cafe? A cat cafe is a place where you pay per hour to come and hang out with cats. Um, all the cats are adoptable. Um, some cat cafes have permanent cats that are always there. Um, and then some have like a coffee shop food aspect as well that's usually separate from the lounge um, area. And so it's a great business model because it helps the nonprofits and rescues have an outlet to okay. generate more adoptions. Um, and then it's great for people who can't have animals. So, uh, think about like a spousal relationship or one spouse is highly allergic, but the other spouse loves animals. So it gives them the ability to go and spend time with animals and versus your common shelter where it it, shelters are usually very sterile, right? Yeah. If they have like community rooms, it's like six cats. There's not like, it's not made for the the human. It's made for the cat. And Mm. so the cat cafe is made for the human. And it allows the cat to hang out in this really open, comfortable space because it feels like your house. Like it feels very comfortable. (laughs) And so that's the kind of core business model. And yes, it's something that we did, which was fascinating. Weird. Where did you come up with that A space for cats to ignore you. A a (laughs) space where you go and a cat completely ignores you or bites you or attacks your foot. All those things are true. (laughs) <laughs> like was was this something you saw maybe when your when your wife and you and you were traveling like I mean I never heard of it did yeah never some, heard of it. like did did you see somebody else doing what hey I could do that locally yeah so I love traveling and I was following like I was just kind of like stuck in the YouTube click the next video mode um mm. like six and a half seven years ago and I came across someone touring a cat cafe in Japan and I went what a fascinating business because I've always loved animals. Like I I love animals in general. You know, as a kid, we always had everything. And, and so I'm like, that's so interesting. And when you look at the model there, it's because a lot of people don't own cats as personal pets. And so it's a space where they go to interact with them because they don't have them at home. Right. That's different than the U S or even some international locations. And so I saw that. And then the video had like millions of views. And so I was Mm. like, 
well, there's something to it. Like people are really interested in it. And so like planted that seed. And then we were doing our annual vision boarding the end of 2021 and had this kind of idea of like, you know, we've done a lot of entrepreneurial. Um, my, my spouse is, she's a mural artist and she has her own business. And we said like, maybe we should do something together. Like let's combine our skill sets and try something. And so we visited one in San Diego and loved the model. Like we had the best time. It's a highly relaxed environment. So like when you go in and come out, you're, you're just super relaxed. And so we, we love the journey of it and the experience. And then I always run the numbers. I'm the person that when I walk in a business, I'm looking at how many staff do you have? What's your turn rate? What's your average ticket? Like I'm guessing all of this stuff because I love business. And so I'm sitting there running the calcs on this and there's 40 people in the room. Everybody paid $25 an hour to be there. And you start running the math and you're like, well, 40 times 25 for the one hour. Well, wait a second. Like, mm. like these guys are actually generating some revenue and they're doing like in that down there, there's more cats. So they were doing like a thousand adoptions a year. And so I'm like, there's this business model where there is revenue. The people are enjoying it. There's a lot of upside revenue streams they haven't even tapped into because they had a very limited coffee shop, very limited retail, no meeting or event space. So there's some revenue they didn't have. And then you look at the impact, right? Like they're helping facilitate hundreds or thousands of adoptions, like what's not to like about this business model? Like it's got revenue. It's a cool place for people. You get around animals and you have an impact. Like it's awesome. Hey founders, if referrals and connections is a big part of your strategy, I think you want to avail yourself of Devin Sizemore's resources. Head over to yourreferralpartner.com and get some information about some of the groups that he runs. There's a lot of resources there to kind of help you. But Devin's philosophy, if you're connecting with it, um, about making high-level connections, leverage connections is really powerful. Uh, it's something that Brandon and I have done in our careers looking for leverage relationships. Um, you're going to be a good fit. Head over to yourreferralpartner.com and see about uh, what Devin has to offer. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts... Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. And why a cat cafe versus a dog cafe? Yeah, insurance for one. Uh, so the okay. <laughs> it's already hard to insure. A lot of people do want puppy cafes. Um, and it's hard though, because once dogs grow up, they they become different sizes. <laughs> Cats are very predictable size-wise, right? Uh wow. um, and so like small cats versus big cats, the only thing you have to separate is kittens versus adults because of some of the diseases. Um, but other than that, like it, it's a very consistent environment. And so like you're seeing um, some people will do like experiences with like sheep or different animals, but it's not the same as a cat cafe because of the controllability. And then, yeah, the insurance for dogs is is astronomical. Plus you have to have an outdoor area. So the real estate becomes expensive. Right fascinating the mixture of cat or or pet hair and and food i would imagine yeah you know, gotta be separate nation. areas that yeah. was a fun conversation with uh the health department yeah like you're gonna do what yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it, no 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 it's it's real so like check it sure. out every, <laughs> every licensing department at the city every licensing department this is how this conversation went 
hey, this is Devin Sizemore. I'm calling about Enchanted Cat Cafe. I submitted all my stuff. I was just trying to get SAS update. Hey, let me explain what a cat cafe is. Let me talk. You don't talk. Don't ask any questions. Let me just explain first. <laughs> Before you, you can ask your questions. Veto you. Be like, <laughs> they'd always be like, well, no, we just, it's not going to, I'm like, can we just go back to just let me talk. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah. And then you ask your questions. And then I would have to go through like, there's 45 open in the United States. They're in almost every state. This is how it operates. The food and cats are separate. This is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. There's health. We have partners. We have vets. We have, you know, and like you have to de-risk it to them. And then at the end, they'd be like, oh, well. Yeah, de-risk. Yeah. I guess we could. Yeah, I guess we could approve that. And I'm like, fantastic. I'm glad we right. got there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, it's a, it's a filled store. So there's tax revenue, sales tax revenue and all that stuff. So eventually it's like, oh, we can make money. So right. yeah, let's, this guy's not a danger. Yeah. There's, there's Owls Cafe too. Like Japan, there's man, no they're reason. into robots and owls. I don't know the what's going on. The more you dig in, the more you'll see there's a lot of animal specific cafe or experiences. Yeah. Um, I love that. Thing. It's a big thing. And it's great because it gives you exposure to things you may not get exposure to. Yeah. Um, and then there's some really interesting parts about the cat cafe. And this is always my takeaway. People are like, what did you learn about it? You know, the biggest takeaway is that I tell the same story. You know, I went downstairs one day, I was in the lounge. There's this guy sitting in the corner by himself. You can just kind of feel he's in a dark space. And I sat down with him and I said, Hey, what's going on? Obviously we talked to everyone. We trained the staff to do the same, right? Engage with everyone, ask, you know, answer their questions, make sure they're doing all right. And the guy just starts venting and, and like letting off everything that's going on in his life, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just playing that role because it's important, right? Sure. And so we played it. I sat there. My mom worked for us. And, and so I ended up just having that conversation with the gentleman. I left, right? I'm like, all right, awesome. He was in a great space. He was able to like detox a little bit. And on his way out the door, he looked at my mom and said, I just want to let you guys know, I thought about killing myself before I came here. Oh, mm -hmm. man. And so we created this space where people could truly come and reset. So we had people come in after loss of family members, loss of pets. We had people come wow. in after traumatic situations and spend as much time as needed in this space that's quiet and calm. And what's interesting is you would see the cats know. And so they yes. would come and curl up on you Ugh. and give you that energy. And so like, that's the why, right? Was it a phenomenal business? Yes. Did we have huge impact with the cats? Yes. But there was this intangible piece that's nowhere in the business plan, but it's so impactful. And that to me was what made me wake up every day and pour into that business. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Animals are yeah. extremely intuitive. Now I'm highly allergic to most, so you won't see any walking around my house. But <laughs> Um, I met, I met a woman a number of years ago, I spoke at a conference and she worked with horses. And since then I've become, um, uh, really familiar with equine therapy and things like that. But she oh, talked about cute. how amazing, like the horses were with people going through like veterans with PTSD, uh, people that went through big abuse, um, and these yeah. horses would pick up on that and just be with these people. Like it's, it's amazing what those animals are able to do and what they're able to sense. Um, and horses don't lie. So a couple of yeah. my good friends, that's what they do. They, they're in the horse space and they don't lie. And so mm. if you come in anxious wow. and scared, the horse will react exactly how you are. Mir it mirrors so, your, it mirrors, mirrors your energy. 
Yeah, and so mirroring is phenomenal. And so if you have PTSD, it trains you to have to process your emotions. Otherwise, you're yeah. going to end up in a situation you don't want to be in. And so mm -hmm. it creates this calming effect. And then when you see the response from the horse, it's phenomenal, right? And so, yeah, animals are magical. The Cat Cafe was a phenomenal project and, and just like very rewarding all around. There was obviously a lot of struggle, but cool project. Sure, sure. This, that is a cool project. So rewarding. Huh. So, so journalism, kind of that was what you kind of dug, dug into in college. Um, how did that bridge into a career and, and how did that bridge into kind of running your own thing? Yeah. So I, uh, email came across the, the journalism, like email list that said, Hey, apply for this job to write blog posts. And okay. it was for a digital marketing agency, which back then was like, not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's cool. Like it seemed interesting. It was like $16 an hour pay, which was pretty good. And I was like, cool. So I applied and went through a bunch of process on writing and I was blessed to work for a small business, which I, I want to promote. Like, I think that a lot of current generation is looking for big business, big growth plan. And there's so much value in working for a small business. And so I went to work for this guy and he brought me in as a blog writer part-time. Uh, a few months later, I, I came in full-time and I was working two part-time jobs. So I came in full-time and then I went through the whole ringer. So I went from blog writing to learning search engine optimization, to learning pay-per-click, to learning social media management, to learning website development, to learning everything you do in a digital marketing agency. And what was great is I was just a sponge. And so at the journalism school, I was learning photo editing and video editing and the basics of WordPress management back then. And so what I was learning on both sides really started to align. I started to see like, man, you can really apply your skill set into the marketing world and make a lot more money because in the marketing world, there, there's so much more money than the journalism world. And so I worked my way up the company. I ended up hiring a lot of the contract staff we used. We used uh, people in all different countries. I then built the systems and processes to teach them what I was doing. Um, and then throughout this, my boss had uh, joined a mastermind group and paid a ton of money to be with the best of the best in the online marketing space. And he actually paid for a second seat. And so I took the second seat. Oh. And so not only did I get the hands-on ground up, I know everything backwards, forwards, left and right, because I did it all. I was able to sit at the high level and learn sales and visibility plus credibility equals profitability. And how do you speak? And how do you do this? And how do you do that with like the best of the best in that industry? And so, like I said, the small business world really opened some interesting doors for me. And I went to a conference right before I was about to graduate. We were sitting around the round table. He was one of the uh, top tier VIP mastermind members because hyper growing his business over six figures when most online marketing companies were barely, barely doing a couple grand a month. Um, and we're sitting around, you know, you guys are probably all been to these conferences, right? You sit around after the conference at night and everyone's yep. drinking and asking questions. And so he's sitting in a booth and people are crowding around him because he's one of the people they're trying to get information from. And they're all doing this Q and A and I'm sitting there. And as he's answering, I'm like, I know all these answers. Like mm. matter of fact, I actually know these answers better than him mm. because I went and figured out what software to use. And I managed the team and I'm doing the day to day. Cause he was really good at staying on, like working on the business. Yeah. And so I had that aha moment of like, well, why don't I do more? 
And so after that conference, I sat down with him and said, hey, I think I want to start my own business in this industry in, in my our local market. He had expanded nationally. And I said, is that all right with you? I don't want to compete. If, if it's not, he said, no worries. I, I don't really want to play in the local market. And so what, four months after graduation from college, I had just enough money in the bank to, to survive a month and launched a brand, went out there and hustled. And that started my kind of business journey. Awesome. So you picked, you picked all that up in four months. No, so I've been working for him from sophomore year to senior year. Okay. So okay. For three okay. Years. Gotcha. Okay. And can you, can you name drop? What, what was it? What was the mastermind you joined? Yeah. So back then it was the local internet marketing association, uh, Lima, which doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Um, and it was run by Kevin Wilkie, who is just now launching yeah. back into the internet marketing space. Um, wow. Cody Underhill, um, like Brian Dice, like some of these guys, like back oh, wow. before. It was down in, down in, was that down in now. Texas? Huh? Was that, that down Texas? in Texas? It was based, like the core group was out of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was wondering yeah. if so we played with those guys. Or... Yeah. We played with those guys before they were a thing, like before the war room existed and yeah. digital marketer was as big as it is. And uh, ClickFunnels was barely starting. Like that's the era that I was in it. And so we were around some of those guys that were really like paving the way for that industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I got to see a lot of that. And then, you know, we worked with hundreds of businesses. And so I learned a lot about a lot of industries really quick. Um, because if you're going to do their marketing well, you have to understand their client lifecycle, their margins, their profitability, the terminology, how their industry works. And so you know, that 36 months was a crash course in not just marketing and business, but it was a crash course in all business, you know, and then we had hundreds of clients as I grew my agency. And so it's just like, you know, there's not, there's not much I haven't seen in business because I've worked with so many clients on their growth strategies. Hmm. Well, you were, you were in a room with people that were making, making the industry literally. Um, literally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ryan's a friend of mine. Like I knew Ryan before he was Ryan, Kevin, gosh, I haven't heard that name in years, but yeah, we, and he's just resurfacing. He's actually on my list to sync back up with. Cause I just saw him put a post up on, they're doing a lot of really cool lead gen right now. And he's scaling up another agency. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of run into the same people over and over in this business, which is kind of cool. But, um, one of the things I love about those guys is they were really genuine and they were literally making making the industry like internet mm -hmm. marketing wasn't really a thing. Everyone was kind of figuring it out and there were certain people that kind of normalized it and made it, made it, made an industry. And for you as a young man to be part of that and kind of just absorb all that. What a, what a great circumstance to find yourself in. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. You can't, you can't be in a better room. And it's all, that's why I said, I love working for a small business because I think at a big business, I would have just been a number, right? Mm. But as a small business, you know, they pour into you, they invite you to sit in some rooms, maybe you wouldn't usually sit in and, and you get some exposure and access. And, you know, you go to these conferences, we would go to the conference every year and being observant, like you start to see the other side of it too, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, how are you monetizing this conference? How are they closing deals? And so like, I was always looking at that side of it too, going, man, like, they are having a phenomenal impact. They are changing people's lives, hundreds and hundreds of people. And they're making good money doing it. And it's okay. Like it's okay to do both. <laughs> yeah. 
So run starting your own business, you had a month worth of living. You had, you had a month ramp, basically. You, you had you had a month head start. Uh, were you married at that point? No, long-term just... relationship. We weren't engaged yet. Okay. Um, but we dated like all the way through college. So Okay. So so you kind of bet on yourself, would you would you say? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, literally, yeah. I just like I mean, I had a two-bedroom apartment. I turned one bedroom into an office. Okay. Uh, I was working, I had like, I paid the attorney to help me form the brand correctly and set the business up. Mm. And literally like the launch of that business is awesome. Cause I'm going back and forth with the attorney the night before an expo, the night oh. before an expo, I'm launching at an expo the next day. And we're trying to figure out a name that we could trademark. And so the attorney comes back at like 10 o'clock at night and says, you could use this name. Finally, we get to a name. And so the rest of the night I'm formatting the business cards, printing them at the at-home business card that you have to perforate and fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go to the damn expo. I send the logo to the print company to pick up the banner in the morning so I can hang it up at the expo. I'm, you know, buying the domain name and turning the site live because I built like the template of this like crappy ass landing page website, designing the logo, like all this crap's happening. And we launched the next day. I pivoted the logo one time from then and, you know, we scaled it to a seven-figure agency. <laughs> love that amazing that's what we do i and when love I look it at the first brand i was trying to find the business card I, it's in a box somewhere the original brand was horrific like it was so <laughs> bad but we went to the show generated 15 leads at that show did web presence audits uh closed deals never looked back Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying the show today about hoop and cats and all the wonderful stories that are possible within that. Um, I'm fascinated by the uh, the story around the cat cafe and how the, the human element, how it met so many needs. It was, it was therapy for some, it was a way for uh, these cats to get adopted. Uh, so many layers to such a beautiful business model. Um, if there's ever an example of having great stories, uh, I think a cat cat fake could could be in the upper one. So if you think about it, what engages us? What, what was the what was one of the most engaging things about the cat cafe? It's the idea that someone could come in could be having a really tough time and be surrounded by pets. And that story right there that Devin shares is really one of the things that engages the most. So if you've got a story that your business was perhaps how it was born or or maybe a validating story of why that business is important, why it should exist, I want you to think about it in terms of story. So if you go to strategicstoryplaybook.com, Bob and I have put together a methodology, a structure for you to identify those stories within your business that will help you amplify, engage, and connect people with your core solution. Now let's get back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brendan Boyd. So bring us up to today. So w w where are you at today? What are you doing? What projects are you are you invested in? What, what's going on? Bring us yeah, to your Yeah, so there's a lot between there and there. So I went through like uh, the cool part to kind of wrap that up for you guys. So I ended up buying the agency I worked for in college. And so right. we merged, which was super cool and just like a neat experience to go from this guy being your boss to this guy being your partner. Wow. And that's just like a cool part to that. And then I sold the business to him actually. 
Um, and then he scaled it and sold it again, um, which was cool. And so I went through a lot of other entrepreneurial stuff, some good partnerships, bad partnership stuff. Um, through all of this, I've done consulting. So even when I had my marketing agency, I love working with business. I'm super passionate about it. Um, I'm always reading, watching, digesting. I just, I love business. And in consulting, I followed the life cycle of the client. So I started really understanding marketing and people still reach out to me for that. Like, you, I know you know how to grow stuff. And then I followed the sales cycle. So we'd look at proposals and, and how you close people and do marketing proposal, one page proposal, all these things. And then I moved to organizational because if you scale without the systems, then it all breaks. And then the people and all these things. And three years ago, I pivoted to where am I unique in this space? Because there are amazing coaches. Like I think I'm skilled and I can sit down with a lot of businesses and help you. But there are people that are like really, really good at really specific <laughs> parts of that journey. Yeah. And I'd rather they work with you because they're amazing. And they're amazing at one piece. Like they're really good at organizational development. They're really good at leadership coaching and development or executive coaching or team development or marketing or sales or closing or whatever, right? And I said, so where can I play that's unique? And so I went back through all of my growth strategies and what I've had success with. And I realized that what works for me is building a tremendous network that knows, likes, and trusts you and sends you a ton of referrals. And I actually had growth hacked that really early on in the process. And I just kept repeating it. And right, I repeated it because it's what I knew and it was comfortable. There was no like true system. And so three years ago, I went through a journey with some of my one-on-one -on -one clients on implementing that system with them and saw ridiculous success uh, hmm. to the point where I took a realtor who just started, brand new realtor in the real estate industry. 12 months later, he was the top producing realtor in his whole brokerage. Hmm. And when they asked him why, it's because of the system we implemented. And so what I do now is I teach people how to build high value networks that generate continuous connections, hmm. not referrals, connections. And it's important people understand the difference because often when we go after sales and marketing strategies, we're chasing clients. If I ask you, most people, you, whoever's listening, if I ask you right now, who do you want to be referred to? Most of the time, that gut answer is a client, right? You give yeah. me that client avatar or the client profile. Yeah. I could give two you-know-whats about that. What I want people to focus on is many to many. And so what? It, and this will all come back to what we're doing, but it's important. And it's a great takeaway for your audience. So we teach people the connection expansion exercise. And so even for you guys, right? You think about your client avatar and profile and you go, okay, I know who my client is. Everybody does. That's the first thing you're taught. Your business plan has it, you get it. What I want you to do is I want you to think about where do your clients spend money? So vendors, who has a monetary relationship with them? Where do they seek education? So where, where are they learning? Are they getting accredited, certified? Where does your client go get educated? Where do they gather? So is there an association, a space, or a group of places that your client goes? Who do they trust? Um, which can be sometimes in some of these other buckets, but where's a, a trust relationship? And then who's a general connector that has access to your clients? Those five buckets, that's where we spend our time. Because if I can build relationships with one of those five buckets, and so for me, I work with B2B service providers, and you introduce me to someone that only works with helping B2B service providers grow, that's a gold because now that person can introduce me to their whole network. And so what I do now is that's what I teach people how to do. Go build your marketing strategies, your sales funnels, use the best of the best, get the best coaches. I can connect you with all of them too, if you need them. But what I want to do is I want to get back to business at the basics, which is relationships. And mm. how do we actually build meaningful relationships 
that are mutually beneficial and making sure we nurture them long-term and we generate value. So all of that was my premise three years ago. We've rebranded, we built all this stuff and we've landed in two offerings. So I do have an e-course you could check out, but really at the core is I run an online community where all we do is make connections. And again, mm -hmm. I say connections because we're not just chasing clients. We're chasing all these other things, right? Podcasts, speaking engagements, events, JVs, strategic partnerships, all of the things that really can move the needle in your business. That's what our group's about. We dive in deep and we're really aligned on it. Um, and there's no politics. And so if you've ever been in a, a three-letter alphabet networking <laughs> group in your local uh, area, um, try not to name drop there, but but if you've been in that local networking groups, there's politics. They've got leadership teams and you show up a certain amount and you've got to do all these things. You know what? At the end of the day, my group's a pay-to-play group with top-level professionals. You either show up and give value or don't. It's your problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I run a mastermind where we talk strategy as well, but typically that strategy is based around growth problems. Um, and that's what we do now. And it's super rewarding. Uh, last week I sent out 85 connections to community members. Um, and as of today, uh, I've received 14 connections this week. So that's what we do. Love that. So connection, not, it's a possibility. Is it, is it a conversation? You know, Bob and I are partners in another business where, you know, it's about quality conversations and, and with people with intent and can show up not, you know, they're, they're, they're for reals, if you will. Um, tell, tell us about that, because, you know, as we know, there's hundreds of free masterminds and groups and you can pay to play and you can not pay to play and, and like the, the like the better business bureau i'm just going to say it you know the local groups you know net, networking groups where everyone shows up and is desperate and, and please pay me money for things and stuff what's different about it what how does it how does that group operate yeah so two sides so first if we go all the way back to that innate curiosity that we talked about in the journalism right so we kind of pull these stories together I, because of my observation abilities, found that I'm uniquely skilled at finding opportunities for people. I'm going to use an example that works for everybody. So if we have a realtor and we ask the realtor, who do you want to know? Mm -hmm. The realtor is going to give you two answers. They want to know insurance agents and mortgage lenders. That's yeah. every realtor's word yeah. vomit of an answer, right? Yeah. yeah. So if every realtor is going after mortgage lenders and insurance agents, and that's your strategy, right? Which they teach in core, which is what they teach realtors, right? You work your circle and you go after these two groups. What is every other realtor doing? Core and going after these two groups. So what I do is I say, hey, Mr. Realtor, let's do the five connection exercise we talked about. And why don't we go after solar companies, pest control companies, alarm companies, cleaning companies, all these people who have access to homeowners. And matter of fact, they usually know frontline when something's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Let's go build those relationships because those people have this same access and can actually get you into the process earlier. And what happens is you end up with this network where you have a resource for your client, right? Because all those clients need those things too. That's why they're on one of the five lists, right? Yeah. And we now have this network that can make connections for us. And so that's phase one. Phase two is every meeting has value. A lot of people like to say this, especially the higher up you get in business, the more successful you, you apply yourself. I don't have time and I'm really selective on the meetings I take. Fair. I understand why you're saying it. However, if we shift that, every meeting you have has value, but you got to ask the right questions. And so mm -hmm. what we work on is how do we mine for value in meetings that have the perception of no value? 
what we have to look at is often we go to a networking event or an event, we're profiling everybody to fit them into the client bucket, mm. right? Which is why I said we have to start with the connection expansion because now when you go in a room, everyone in there has value because they have to fit one of those five buckets or someone in their network does, their spouse does, their dad does, their mom does, someone in their network does. And so if we get to know people genuinely and ask really good questions, what we'll find is every person has three to five connections. Even the introvert who has no network has three to five connections that could be valuable for you if you ask the right questions. Those mindset shifts, that approach, that's what our group comes together for. And what's awesome is when you're new to the group, you're going to ask for clients because it's what you're comfortable with. It's great. Do that because if we have it, we'll give it to you. Mm. But here's the problem with referring clients. If you ask me right now, who do you guys want to know? Let's let's do real time. Who do you guys want to know? Who's an ideal client for you? Perfect. Just give me give me the profile. Um, I'm going to say it's a founder of a business who has a world-class product or service that is under-marketed, um, that has lots of evidence of solving problems for people, and but the story has never been captured and, and deployed for them. Perfect, right? So now I, because of what you just told me, I'm going to go through this list trying to profile a prospective client for you. Now, for me to make that introduction... I am going to make an introduction that says, hey, you should talk to Brandon and Bob because I think they could help you with your business, right? It's a very client introduction. Now, there's a lot of trust in there. I have to trust you to deliver. I have to trust you to not hard sell this person. And I have to be comfortable making a more or less soft sales pitch to the person I'm connecting you, Mm. even if I see value. All those things happen when you want a client referral. Now, if you say that's my client avatar, And instead your ask is I'm looking for the sales coach who helps these people scale, or I'm looking for the business coach that helps them do this, or I'm looking for the leadership coach who helps them put the team in place as they're growing, but they're not the person doing the story. I now go, yeah, I know seven people that work with those kind of clients. Hey, Bob and Brandy, you guys got to meet these guys. You guys are all crushing it in the right space, but you're doing one thing they're doing one. It's so easy to make the intro Mm. because there's no sales pitch. And so now it's easy to endorse both parties and feel comfortable and not slimy. And neither party feels like there's an agenda because the agenda is how do we collaborate? And so Mm -hmm. that's where we work people in the community too. And that's why we create so much momentum in network and relationship building. And because you have to pay to play, it forces the group to show up and contribute. And so our Mm -hmm. code of ethics is you have to be a giver. You have to be willing to add value through anything but your services, right? So Mm -hmm. education, resource, connections, and you have to respect the chain of referrals, right? So you have to make sure that you're reporting back to whoever's making connections saying that was quality or it wasn't quality because you need to understand you guys may meet with someone and go, Devin, that was not, that was not the meeting, man. And I go, well, did you ask them about this? And you go, uh, no. (laughs) Okay. Well, it might've been the meeting, but I didn't tee you up right. Or I couldn't tell you that but I needed you to try to uncover it. And now all of a sudden we start to figure out, oh, okay, now I know what questions to ask based on the referrals. And now all of a sudden you guys are building this network where everyone trusts everyone, everyone is a giver at heart, and we are all out to build and move the world for each other. That's what this group's about, but there's mindset in there. There's a lot of other things we work on to create this phenomenal success. Mm -hmm. Love it. 
Love how it. Did, how did you get to that point, Devin? What was what was the shift where you discovered that was the business versus doing digital marketing, something like that? Yeah, so I I built my marketing agency really rapidly. Um, I mean, re- really, really aggressively. And my secret to that was I would do visibility, credibility, profitability, right? So I would speak, build credibility in different places, have my brand everywhere and generate deal flow. But what I always did is I had a mentor say, take a meeting with everyone. And I did, I filled my calendar. I have had 15 to 20 meetings on my calendar every week forever, unless I'm on vacation. Like my calendar is always full, but I say that in a way where it's full because there's intent. And so that was my aha moment is when I sit down with a lot of salespeople or high level professionals or business owners and I, and they go, man, I, I'm struggling to grow. And they spend all this money on marketing and things. Cause it, it seems like the path of least resistance, right? Like if I can get an inbound lead, that's great. And I would go, how many meetings are you having? And they'd be like, I don't know, like a couple of week. Well, like, let's just fill your calendar up because if we boil sales down to basics, if we have more at bats, we have more chances to close. So let's just get more at-bats, which means we just need more meetings. I can't control anything else other than my ability to book meetings. Well, if I want to book meetings, I have to change my language. And so Mm -hmm. my language has to shift to how can I help you and what can I do for you and what are the referrals I can do for you? All of a sudden, your calendar fills up. Mm -hmm. And so when I started dissecting how I was able to fill my calendar and build a huge network, there was a system in there. And I did a corporate stamp for two and a half years. And I applied that exact system to building the branch. They had a great referral system anyways, but I went out and in their world, they would go after insurance brokers, right? So this is right back to the real estate thing. They had a clear identified person they went after. And I went, that's great. But I applied the five buckets to that. I ended up building one of the largest referral networks in the whole company. We were one of the fastest growing branches and we were one of the most profitable. And it's because our deal flow is super predictable because of this phenomenal network. And so I was able to take the use case, apply it in a corporate set with a phenomenal budget. And then I went through a three-year journey of teaching clients. And so it it just works. Like if you want to grow revenue and grow network, the system works and I can give you all the other advice. But again, you can get that advice elsewhere. You guys can get the marketing services. I could refer you to 50 marketing companies that are amazing. Mm -hmm. I can like, but there's not a lot of people I can refer you where we can build meaningful relationships with quality intent in one room. And so that's why I continue to double down in that space. That's excellent. I love that. Appreciate that. Um, Brandon's itching to ask you uh, kind of a closing question, but I want to give (laughs) you a chance to uh, brag uh, about your network. Um, and, and this group, where, where can people find out more about this group, find out a little bit more about your methodology and, and see if they're a good fit for it. Yeah, for sure. So company name is your referral partner. So your referral partner.com, uh, all of my social accounts are DP Sizemore. So my initials and then last name. So DP, and then it's just size and more all the platforms. You can find me there. Um, uh, I am on everything. Uh, if you're a golfer, hit me up on TikTok because <laughs> my little TikTok is golf. Uh, but yeah, and pretty easy to find. Awesome. That's uh, and that's uh, I noticed the first time we talked. You know, you, you're wearing a golf polo. I'm like, you're a golfer, and we I think we talked about 15 minutes about golf. Um, uh, I, you, you're just a really good connector, 
um, and you proved it. You you introduced me to a couple of people that um, were just really interesting, and uh, there there could be possibilities there for for some growth. Um, but you really you what I want to say is you live out your kind of your principles. Um, so thank you for that and for being genuine and you know really really respect kind of the way you go about doing business. It, it's really exciting. So um, please check that out. Um, we'll we'll certainly uh, uh, put this in the show notes and, and give people opportunities to to uh, connect with you and learn a little bit more about how you do things. So it's awesome. Brandon, you can ask your, your pressing question. Yes. Yes. The pressing question. So Devin, we like to have to close our show. We like to uh, give you an opportunity to what we call it the 60 second rant. So you, this is an opportunity for you to soapbox or rant about anything could be cat cafes that, you know, things don't know about the litter box issue that happens could be uh, could be anything. So uh, could be a prediction, could be, could be anything you want. So putting you on the spot, what's your rant? What's your prediction? What's your soapbox? Yeah, so uh, I think that I'll just stay with what's important to me right now and a priority. And so I think uh, if you guys are forecasting, if you're doing your business planning, your storyboarding, which you should be, if you don't have a storyboard or a dream board, whatever you call it for your life, you should have it. Um, make sure you don't fall into the mistake I made for my first business venture, which was only focused on the business and only caring about the business growth. Single-minded is great, but your health will suffer, your relationships will suffer, your life will suffer. And so now I'm really diligent about focusing on what's our travel? How many vacations are we taking? What properties are we buying? How are we diversifying our income? How are we protecting our, our time? How are we protecting our hobbies? How are we building friendships? Um, and how are we taking time and space for each one of our kids and for our relationship? And, and all of these things have to be part of that dream board. And so I challenge you as a, a top performing professional, a business professional, someone who's out there just absolutely crushing it. I challenge you to really look at your goals and make sure that your goals are creating awesome humans and you're protecting yourself, not just chasing the dollar or the business growth, because it will hurt at some point. Well said. And there it is. And Brandon and I um, definitely, definitely have been a lot more um, intentional uh, since we started Feed Stories than what we did kind of before to work in. Brandon needs to travel. I need to travel. I need to golf. And, yeah. uh, you know, I work in my I work in my schedule in the winter because I'm coaching. Uh, but, you know, I, I took two weeks to golf and spent time with my family. Can do so in May. Uh, Brandon's traveling to exotic places of the world. Like it's it's really important to to really um, honor honor doing those different experiences and to kind of feed your soul. And uh, I think being intentional about it is really important because otherwise it's just going to get it's going to get lost in the shuffle and you're never going to attend to it. So I, I like I like how you're encouraging us to be intentional about it. I think that's important. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Devin, thank you for taking time today. Thank we look you. forward to uh, chatting with you on your show and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Love it. For sure. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking the time and uh, hope everyone got something out of this and a little takeaway. And uh, yeah, if you want to talk about cat cafes, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Sounds thank good. you, Devin. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs, 
making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.